To the Dynasty Guys Fantasy Football Podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Tim Goins, along with Eric Calvert and Adam Dolan. We're the Dynasty Guys. Hey guys, we're five weeks into the 2019 NFL season. What's the most interesting things you've noticed so far? All right, I'll kick us off. So I want to preface this by saying, so we know with the rule changes from last year, you can now challenge the pass interference. And it's I was really curious leading up to the league how it was going to affect the fantasy offenses. In my mind, running back specifically, because I'm thinking, okay, they're going to have lots of end zone targets, throws, and all of a sudden they're going to pass interfere, and they're not going to call it and challenge it. They'll get carries at the one-yard line. So I was curious what you guys think about how it affected the quarterbacks and, and running backs, just the QB1s and RB1s on a points basis for year over year. So here's my, my take on it is it evens it out. It's going to add penalties that should have been called and take away penalties that shouldn't have been called. So I think there's probably not an effect just from that change alone. That's my guess. I would agree. I don't think there's probably much of an effect, but if there were an effect, my assumption would be that the quarterbacks and wide receivers would be slightly downgraded and the running backs would be slightly upgraded due to pass interference in the end zone and goal line carries. Yeah. So you guys are right. Actually, it was so the numbers went down year over year. So 2018, we had bigger numbers than we did by just about three or four percent points. So, yeah, anyway, I just thought it was interesting what the numbers would be. I mean, we'll look at them maybe as the year goes on and they may change, they may get a little better. But I think we obviously have a little inflation per points for yeah. points every year. So, well, I don't, I mean, who knows how many challenges have even been done so far? I would imagine you can count them on a hand or two. Yeah. So, I'd have to dig into it. And it seems to be that even when they challenge them, it seems like the refs do the exact same thing they do with the catch. They seem to err on the side of whatever was called yep. on the field. They're really going to lean that direction. So, yeah, you're right. It hasn't affected the points. All right. Well, for my most interesting thing, I'm just going to play a little bit of who am I with you guys. So I've got three guys here. I'm going to see if you guys can guess who they are. So first, we're going to start off with the wide receiver position. So I'm the number seven wide receiver on a points per game basis. And I have no less than six receptions or 68 yards in any of my games played. Who am I? Wow, 68 yards. That sounds really consistent. I know. I could think of a couple, but I know for a fact they have less than 68 yards. Um... So, Cortland Sutton. Keep in mind this is a points per game basis. Oh, that's a great guess, actually. Cortland Sutton? Yeah. It is not Cortland Sutton. Man, that is a great guess. Let's go with uh, Kenny Galladay. No. Think about your favorite team, Adam. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking about them. <laughs> it's Michael Gallup. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So he's played in three games this year, and uh, in all three of those games, he's had at least six receptions and 68 yards, and in two of them, he's had a touchdown. Wide receiver seven. Wide receiver seven on a points-per-game basis this year. 
granted, three uh, three games is kind of a small sample size, sure. but and you know you probably don't expect him to end at the wide receiver seven if he continues to play. But that shows, like you said, that shows some consistency. And as a Dallas fan, I'm sure you notice watching the games, him on the field versus him off the field is a huge difference to that offense. Oh yeah, to Dak's value, to all their value. Yeah, so I think he really helps that team run. So I see him continuing to be consistent. Okay, so let's move on to uh, running backs. So I am currently number one in yards after contact and Pro Football Focus's elusive rating, number two in yards per touch, and number three in yards per carry. Who am I? I think you already told me this one a couple weeks ago when we <laughs> talked about it. It's possible. And if so, the stats still haven't changed, which is does he, does amazing. He, does he play for a team in the same state as his favorite team? Yes. Okay. He does. Yeah. Oh, I have no. That made no sense. Right? <laughs> yeah, well, it kind of struck me a little weird too. But I'm gonna. Go, I get what you're saying, and yes, he does. Wait. So number one in yards after contact. Let's go with uh, Chris Carson. Chris Carson is a good guess. It is not Chris Carson. <laughs> it is Duke Johnson. Really? Yeah. He he told me that a few weeks ago, and that that's that hilarious. Me too. And I want to say I did not come up with these stats. Yeah. These were I saw these somewhere else, so I don't want to yeah. take credit for it. I don't know where I saw them, but just right. just to throw that out there. Yeah. So it's pretty amazing because he was the same guy in Cleveland. He always had really great measurables, but had very few touches and really not much of an impact in fantasy. So let's say uh, Carlos Hyde gets hurt, he may be a target because he's obviously pretty good. That is shocking. Yeah, that is shocking. And the last one, this one is probably the least shocking of the three. Um, I'm the number five tight end on the season, and I only have one game less than 10 fantasy points, and that was the first game, and I'm 23 years old. Anybody have any guess? I know Adam We <laughs> Adam kind of talked about this earlier, so I'm going to ask Tim if he has an idea who this, this may be. This person will be mentioned later. So. Yes. <laughs> I think I have an idea who it is. Okay. Um and what the only reason I'm thinking that is because it says 23. There's two or three others that I would think of that could be. But the only one I can think of that's kind of come out of the woodwork unexpectedly that's young is um, Disley. Will Disley. Okay. Wow. I got, <laughs> I got one. Yeah. So it, it shocked me two one things. After. One, that he was that consistent. Yeah. I knew that he had had good games, yeah. but 10, game, 10 points per game. And last game, he didn't have a touchdown, and he still had 10 points. Wow. And it shocked me he's only 23. That's yeah. really young for a tight end. Yeah. So if you're in a dynasty league and people may still be a little uh, iffy on him, I would try to go and get him, especially in this tight end landscape. Well, and that's why I even thought of him because, you know, I've been struggling with tight ends this year. Yeah. I'm the kryptonite to tight ends. So I actually considered... Chris Herndon. Yeah. <laughs> I actually considered picking Disley up and... But then I thought, well, he was inconsistent last year, and he plays on Seattle. They're going to run the ball. And, of course, you know, now yeah. I, now three or four weeks later, I regret it. But, yeah, yeah, but that's the only reason I knew that because, yeah, anyway. Yeah, every time I think about him, I get kind of mad that I got outbid by a dollar in our, uh, our dynasty league. <laughs> yeah. so. Well, I had a couple of interesting things that at least interesting to me. So the Patriots, of course, they're defending Super Bowl champions. They look great. But the teams they've played so far have a combined record of 5-18. and 18. That includes the 4-1 and one Buffalo Bills. That means that 1-17 is the record of the other four teams they've played. So, And it, and it doesn't get any harder for them really in the next few weeks. So that's, that's uh, 
kind of sad for those of us who have to play against the Patriots defense. Anyway, um, also this week, uh, the winless 0-4 Dolphins host the 0-5 Redskins. So it looks like somebody's going to be forced to finally win a game. But It's funny because you said that. It's not going to be good. <laughs> you know? I read that in the, uh, the show doc, and I'm thinking, well... Detroit and Arizona found a way to tie, so we may end up with a zero to zero tie. You know, I actually hadn't considered that, so that's pretty good. That's pretty good. All right, let's get started with the show. We have a great one for you today. We have injury updates, roster moves, trade targets, and player projections for your dynasty team. We have a new segment this week also called Freaking Out, so I think you'll enjoy it. And then last but not least, we'll finish with our player projection segment we call The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. So stay with us. But first, We want to remind you that for this upcoming week six of the NFL season, the Buffalo Bills, Chicago Bears, Indianapolis Colts, and Oakland Raiders are all on by. So get those players out of your lineup. Speaking of lineups, remember to put your players playing on Thursdays in positions other than your flex so you can make last-minute roster changes this weekend if needed. And speaking of the weekend... Notice how I did those segues. <laughs> this Sunday, the Buccaneers and the Panthers game in London starts at 9.30 a.m. So I'll have another comment about that in a little bit that you and guys will find. Eastern I was going to say it's 8.30. Yes, I'm sorry. Right? So 9.30. Thank you. 9.30 a.m. Eastern time. West so. Coast, set your lineups before you go to bed for sure. Yeah, it's 6.30 out there. So, yeah. All right, let's get going with the show. Um, we're going to start with injury reports and roster moves. We're recording this podcast on Wednesday, October the 9th, so be sure to collect any updated injury news closer to the weekend as necessary. Eric, won't you get us kicked off? All right, so let's start. Uh, go with the Rams first. The only real issue that I see with the Rams is Brandon Cooks. He was in the concussion protocol, but is not currently listed on the injury report, so it seems like he's good to go. Um, so if you if you have Cooks and you need to start, he can be out there. At what point do you start? I don't know. We don't want to get deep into this right now, but at what point do you start worrying about him and his concussions? Because, <sighs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's fairly young, and he's already had how many? Three or four, right? That are documented. I mean, at least at least one a year. It seems. Right. I mean, and look what it's done to Jordan Reed's career. So I, yeah, I don't want to put him in that category, but he seems to be. He's on his way there. Definitely. Yeah, grown. he is, and you know, apparently, once you get one, it's easier to get more and more. So. I think you have to start being somewhat concerned for him. I guess we'll have to keep an eye on that going forward. If he gets another one this year, it could be really bad news. Um, okay, so let's move on. The Cardinals, two major issues here. David Johnson has a back injury. Um, they haven't said officially what his status is going to be, but they said isn't guaranteed to be available. So it sounds like he's going to be a game-time decision or questionable um, if he is out, Chase Edmonds looked pretty great last week mm-hmm. and may be available on some waiver wires, so go and get him now if he's available. That way you can uh, have a backup plan. Mm-hmm. And also, if you don't own David Johnson, get him because he's still a great start. Yeah. Um, and then on that same team, Christian Kirk has the ankle injury. No real update other than Cliff Kingsbury said the team will remain, quote, safe. So sounds like if he has any issue they're probably going to err towards the side of caution and he won't play so keep an eye on that 49ers um i think we all watched that game and it's a pretty great game but kyle use had a knee injury it's great if you like the 49ers <laughs> yeah yeah it was uh if if you have beckham on your team it wasn't yeah. pretty as the resident or baker mayfield hater it was a great game <laughs> Um, so Kyle Juszczyk obviously uh, is a big part of that system. I don't think a lot of people realized it until that game, um, but 
He's likely to be out four to six weeks with a knee injury, so that could have a little bit of an impact on the running game, although I think both of their running backs are pretty capable without him. It just may see a little bit of a downtick. And then a few just roster notes for the 49ers. Um, with Tevin Coleman back, Jeff Wilson was a healthy scratch. So if you have Jeff, Jeff Wilson shares, you probably should uh, maybe look elsewhere because in, unless Tevin Coleman or Matt Brady gets hurt, which is somewhat likely, um, he'll probably not be out there. It's crazy how they can have these guys come off the bench and just score yeah. two touchdowns in a game and then be a healthy scratch. Well, it's a good reminder that you don't always know who the handcuff is because mm-hmm. it seems like, okay, whenever Coleman is out, Breed is going to be the guy. Well, Jeff Wilson steps in and gets touchdowns and, you know, vultures some of Breed's points. Right. I.e. Darwin Thompson. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we keep waiting for it. It's not happening yet. And then uh, sticking with the 49ers, Jordan Matthews should be available in week six. They still don't have that go-to wide receiver, so if you need maybe a spot start, I'm sure he's available because no one is paying any attention to him, and he may be able to get you a few points. Uh, moving on, the Texans, Kenny, Hill, Kenny Stills has a hamstring injury. All they're saying on that is the status remains fluid, so really no clarity there. Keep an eye on it. The Colts, Paris Campbell is out with his, I think it's an ab injury, is that correct? I think so. Yeah. And I just so, got mad, put him on my bench. Yeah. So, <laughs> so don't expect him this week. Um, the Jaguars, they had O'Shaughnessy was kind of starting to come alive a little bit. Yeah. With Gardner Minshew and then tore his ACL. Um, so he's done for the season. But as I think Tim mentioned last week, mm-hmm. Josh Oliver could get a big bump from that. The only problem is Josh Oliver is also questionable. He's been dealing with a hamstring injury since the start of uh, training or, you know, since training camp. So, um, yeah. I'm, yeah. Keep, you know, like I said, keep an eye on him. If he ever makes it into the game, I think we could see some interesting play. Yeah. Measurables wise, he's a really good prospect. Yes, right. So definitely if you, you know, as we all need tight ends, it seems like if you have an open spot, go and pick him up and hope for the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on to the Packers, Jamal Williams is still out with his head and neck injury. No real update there. And then Devontae Adams. Uh, the news I saw today was they're planning on practicing as if he will be there. So that sounds to me like he's going to play, but you never know. Obviously, you want to make sure that he's in there before you put him in your lineup. Um, moving on to the Bills, they obviously don't play, but something to kind of take away, Zay Jones was traded away for a fifth-round pick. I think he went to the Raiders, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, um, I'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah, so... I don't know that this makes a huge difference, but that probably makes Robert Foster a little more relevant in Dynasty. He probably is still the third option at best behind Beasley and John Brown, but something to keep an eye on because he had a pretty good uh, end of last year, so it's possible that he could kind of poke out every now and then. And then Devin Singletary still has the hamstring issue. No, no clarity on that either. And then uh, lastly for me, we'll move on to the Jets. Sam Darnold... Uh, it says here we'll undergo testing to help determine his status for week six, but everything I'm seeing is sounding like he's playing. So he'll probably be out there this week. And then as we kind of alluded to earlier, Chris Herndon has a hamstring injury, questionable. Uh, apparently got it last Friday and is just now bringing it up. Adam Gaze, you got to love him. So yeah, I can play. I can play. Oh, yeah. wait a minute. Yeah. So <laughs> I I, it, it sounds like Herndon is probably I blame not. Yeah. Him. I picked him up. <laughs> Picked him up, and the next day he pulls a hammy. So Classic yeah, Tim. That's me. Okay, so that's all I've got. <laughs> all right, so uh, the Raiders, we'll just talk about them real quick because there's been some interesting uh, roster moves. Of course, they're on a bye this week. Um, Tyra Williams and J.J. Nielsen are still, you know, nursing injuries. But they seem to be going after wide receivers. Now, we've been talking about Trevor Davis. I mentioned him a couple of weeks ago. He was uh, acquired in a trade from Green Bay. 
You know, he immediately was used uh, in the offense. He had two, like, jet sweep-type carries for 74 yards and a touchdown. Then the next week, he had four targets as a wide receiver, which he caught all four for 42 yards. And, you know, I believe they're going to keep trying to get him the ball. He's fast. You know, Gruden likes to – he likes to get those fast guys out there. Um, but now they've got they've gone and acquired another pretty fast guy in Zay Jones from the Bills – and so, and Gruden's actually said during the, during the bye week, he's going to teach him some plays. And then the next day he's going to teach him some more plays. So they're going to work him in pretty fast. And I think part of that is because of Tyra Williams and JJ Nielsen being a little banged up. And also they just, he wants some speed. Um, you know, Zay Jones last year was the Bills leading receiver with 56 catches for 652 yards and seven touchdowns. So he is He's fantasy relevant, very fantasy relevant. Of course, you know, being on the Raiders, he's probably going to be their third or fourth option. But at the rate they're going, their their offense doesn't look too bad. I mean, they're, they've struggled a little bit, but um, definitely something to, you know, to watch for. Now, his situation is a little different from a dynasty perspective than, than Trevor Davis because Trevor Davis was likely not on anyone's roster. Zay Jones is likely on somebody's roster because of his production last year. But, uh, you know, just keep an eye on that situation. It, you know, he's one of those guys like we talked about a few weeks ago. If you make a trade and you need somebody to kick in an extra player, you might just say, hey, why don't you throw Zay Jones in on that trade? You know, might help you out. Yeah. Anyway, okay, let's move on to the Chiefs. They're actually going to play this week. Uh, Tyreek Tyre Hill, uh, he's still listed as questionable, but – they said that he's likely to see some practices this week. Uh, so he's he is less questionable this week than he was last week. I'll just put it that way. Uh, Patrick Mahomes still nursing the ankle injury. He's getting treatment. He's expected to play. And Sammy Watkins, uh, he did not practice today. So we'll see how that plays out. Not sure what's going to happen there. Uh, Hunter Henry... He's listed as questionable, but he also practices in a limited capacity today. So that's a pretty positive trend for him. Um, I did also pick him up today, so nobody hold their breath. Um, the Chargers host the Steelers at home on Sunday night. So that gives him a few more hours to heal. So we'll see how that goes. And Justin Jackson is listed as questionable. The problem with the... Uh... Sunday night game is it gives you very little backup if you're holding your breath for Hunter Henry. It does. So, so you Lance would, Kendrick, I think, is probably the guy. Yeah, he's been the bigger producer yeah. that's there if uh, yeah if Henry didn't play. Or if you have maybe another tight end you could throw in that's playing Monday night yeah. as a backup. So for the Saints, uh, Drew Brees is still out. Uh, here he's making progress, throwing a little bit. Um, and then Traquan Smith, he did not practice today. He still listed as questionable. On the Buccaneers, uh, Brashad Perryman's not practicing. Chris Godman, uh, limited practice, still listed as questionable. But as we all see, he played last week and played pretty well. So not too worried there. Um, an interesting roster move, Darius Jackson was signed to the practice squad. Uh, you might remember him, Adam, as uh, being on the Dallas Cowboys Team. He was actually drafted in 2016 uh, in the sixth round, the same the same year they yeah. drafted Zeke. Uh, he at the start of training camp this year, he was actually working out with the ones, so they thought pretty highly of him. Of course, Pollard came in, kind of stole the show, you know, got the backup position. They ended up, of course, then Zeke signed. So 
uh, Darius, they actually uh, waived him and then signed him on the practice squad and then waived him from the practice squad. He went to the Colts practice squad for a week or two, and now he's on the Bucks practice squad. So I know he's bouncing around a little bit, but the Bucks don't have what we would all consider the best running game. I mean, the best running backs. So uh, it's my opinion that he's, he has a chance, especially if somebody gets injured, to step in and play and then possibly maybe shine. So uh, just, you know, keep that name in the back of your head. I'm not sure I would run out and grab him yet, but I would just monitor that situation unless you just had, you know, empty spots on your bench. You just wanted to take a flyer on somebody. Well, as we just brought up, sometimes those guys come out of nowhere it seems like he could be they that do. guy because Ogunbowale is what i would consider their third round but i don't think he's ever going to be that workhorse guy right so let's say that peyton barber goes down and then you know ronald jones has a little issue or whatever i don't think it's going to be Ogunbowale. it's probably going to be whoever's yeah. next in line yeah okay so um again the uh the Sunday uh, Buccaneers-Panthers game starts at 9.30 a.m. Eastern time. So just want to throw that in there again since we're talking about the Bucs. Uh, on the Falcons, Kenyon Barner still listed as out. On the Panthers, Cam Newton's not going to play this week. Uh, Christian McCaffrey is actually on the injury report. He uh, claimed he had cramps during the game, and that could be very likely. But uh, right now it's reported he's dealing with a back injury. He did not practice today, not that he really needs to. To, to get playing time, but um, after his performance earlier this year against the Bucks, he might want to stay on the sideline this week. So we'll see how motivated he is. I'm just kidding. I, we all know he's going to want to play. But uh, this is an important situation to monitor, and I say this because, and I'm sure you guys will get a tickle out of this, because I think it was last year um, they played – Melvin Gordon was supposed to play in London, and it was an early Sunday game. Yeah. And I got uh, – Melvin Gordon's on my team, and I got a little bit lax and didn't check before the game started, and then I find out he is not playing. So, yes, and I lost that week. So don't let this happen to you. <laughs> I think since, I texted you at 831 Central yeah. to let you know. <laughs> so, hey, by the way. Right. He tripped getting off the bus. Yeah. <laughs> So if you have Christian McCaffrey, it's likely he's going to play, but you never know. I had no idea Melvin Gordon wasn't going to play that day. So, One, well, anyway. you know, if he really does have cramps, flying does not help with that. It does so not. that's a longer flight than he's used to taking. It yeah. could play into that. People don't realize it, but flying dehydrates your body mm -hmm. pretty fast. So, yeah. Uh, the Patriots released uh, tight end Ben Watson. Kind of an interesting move. Um, they also have uh, Julian Edelman, Josh Gordon, Rex Burkhead, all with only limited practice so far this week, and they're all listed as questionable for the game. Philip Dorsett is out. For the Dolphins, uh, Hakeem Grant is not practicing, and Alan Hearns is still in concussion protocol. So, so I saw that. How did he get a concussion in his bye week? Or has he been in the oh, protocol he, for two weeks? He's he's still in the protocol. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so that's taken a while. It is. Yeah, it, it seems is. to be a longer recovery for some than others. Even yeah. I don't know that has to do with the severity. It just has to do with the way their brain yeah. reacts to yeah. it. I don't know much about it, but I'll go ahead and take over. So for Washington, Jordan Reed's out. Another, speaking of, another person that I don't <laughs> think will ever clear protocol. Um, and Vernon Davis is questionable. Uh, Keenum is questionable. I don't think he's going to play this week. I think they're expecting Colt McCoy to start again. Um, 
So we, we I think we're going to talk about this a little bit later, so I don't want to get too much into the coaching change. But I think somebody you definitely move up, at least in your mind, is an Adrian Peterson. We, um, I know there are some reports saying that they're going to be a more run-based type of offense. So I think any kind of volume to that kind of caliber of running back definitely helps a guy like Adrian. So I think we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, nice, nice segue, though. Yeah. <laughs> so Philadelphia, Deshaun Jackson's doubtful and Darren Sproles is out. So Darren Sproles is actually... I think he's been limited all year long. I looked at his stats, and he doesn't—he hasn't been the same Darren Sproles yet. So um, we know they've got the two-headed monster in the backfield right now. So um, the Giants are, gosh, all good on the list. So Saquon, Evan Ingram, Wayne Gallman, and uh, uh, Sterling, Sterling Shepard. Shepard. <laughs> Losing it. He's an—I'm him an OU guy. Yeah. That's the Sterling Shepard. They're all out. So. I'm not sure that you're starting any of those guys against the, or anybody that's their backup against the Patriots yeah. anyway. I think you're obviously setting Daniel Jones as well. So, um, But anyway, yeah, temper your expectations for all of that offense. So if you did have to pick one guy, who is it? That you're starting on that team? Yeah. I like Darius Slate. That's kind of where I was leaning to. I'll talk about him a little bit okay. later. So, <laughs> um, For Pittsburgh, James Washington is doubtful. Uh, Rudolph is questionable, <laughs> which... Yes, that's an understatement if you watch that game. Um, Jalen Samuels out, so I've mentioned this every single week. I still would pick up Jalen Samuels and Benny Snell Jr. That offense likes to have a workhorse back. I think it may be similar to the situation you were talking about earlier with Tampa. I don't know even if um, James Conner went out that Benny Snell Jr. would be their workhorse back, yeah. but I think it's much more likely in Pittsburgh than it is maybe in Tampa Bay. Yeah, I would agree. And Samuels was actually out. He'll be out for about a month, if I remember right. Is that what, so the latest report I saw was he's still trying to... The, the timeline's questionable. So Okay. Well, that's what I originally I had heard two to four weeks. Okay. It was a knee scope. Um, with the backup quarterback and... Well, the third backup quarterback at this point. I didn't even mention it because... And Jalen Samuels out. Um, what do you think that does for James Conner? Does that make him more or less valuable? I'm not sure that it affects him. I, I, it definitely doesn't help him, but I'm not sure that it hurts him. Okay. I think they still have a great offensive line, and they're still going to try to get him the ball. So I think you're really just hoping for the same thing you hoped for with him in the past. And yeah. it's a touchdown, goal line carries, 50 yards, maybe a few catches for another 30. You're hoping for yeah. 10 to 12 points from him. I'll so, be interested to see yeah. if they run him in the Wildcat the way that they were doing Samuels mm-hmm. with this quarterback. That'll be a... <laughs> A weird yeah. game to watch. I'll bet he gets the same production with more touches. Yeah. Yeah, so on to Cincinnati. A.J. Green's still out. I, I'm i not even seeing anything on his timeline. I mean, do we have an answer as to what I don't know that back? he even wants to come yeah. back at this point. <laughs> I'm not sure either. I guess I don't really blame him. Yeah. Um. So for Cleveland, Higgins is questionable and Baker is questionable. So he is has that his sh- playing or his injury? <laughs> Both of those things, actually. <laughs> And the whole story that Richard Sherman made up is questionable oh, as well. Yeah. So. I don't know that it is at this point. I think he just made it up. So I saw, not to get off on a tangent, but I saw a story saying there are two hands. So Because we had talked about how there's a video out there that they shook hands before the game. Yeah. Well, there are two handshakes before the game. There's one when, right before they do the toss, and there's one right after the toss. So the story is that he didn't shake his hand after this. So I okay. hope that clears that up for all you guys out there. Because it matters so yeah, much. Yeah. <laughs> Richard and Baker seem to be too much alike. Um, so in Baltimore, uh, Mark Andrews is just one big nagging foot injury. 
So I, I think it's almost a similar situation to Julio in the past to where it's just going to be something with as the Mark Andrews owner that you're dealing with the whole season. So, And same thing, I've, I almost brought this up with Edelman. It's like he's constantly on the injury report, but right. he always plays. He so. does. So on to Detroit, um, they didn't play last week. Hawkinson's still in the concussion protocol. We haven't seen anything about him passing it yet. So like I alluded to earlier, it's just one of those things we just wait and see. So um, and on to Chicago. Taylor Gabriel is still questionable with his concussion. I don't think that did he ever get out of protocol. Not that I, I know I of. I saw so another similar situation. Um, Trubisky's questionable, but he's not expected to return until Week Seven against the Saints. So, all right, thanks. Okay, we're going to move on to our next segment now. This is called the trending up, trending down segment. We're going to start with the players that uh, we feel are trending up, and. Adam gave me the perfect segue while ago into my trending up player, which is Adrian Peterson. Specifically for what he said was, you know, we saw Jay Gruden get fired Monday. Um, The new Redskins interim head coach, Bill Callahan, said he sees Washington as a running team. So he's going to try to get the running game going. So I see that as uh, just all day. (laughs) And Colt (laughs) McCoy, I think, is a competent backup. I mean... more so than Haskins, I would right. say. Mm-hmm. So I don't think you're losing that much value. I'm not even. I almost think I would compare the two quarterbacks, Keenum and Colt yeah. McCoy, and that they are similar um, run and gun type style guys. So well, and as we've talked about in the podcast before, sometimes when these coaching turnovers happen, the teams respond and play better, and we could see that here. And if that's the case, Peterson's going to be, you know, mm-hmm. a beneficiary of that. Yeah, if they can plow some holes for him on the line, he could do really well. Yeah. Okay, we'll move on to my turning up player. It's Matt Breida. Um, I, you guys may or may not know, but I'm a huge Matt Breida fan, have been forever. Um, obviously, he had a great week last week with the 83-yard run, and I, I don't remember what he ended up with, but it was something like 25 fantasy points. He was playing Cleveland, though. Does that count? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. They're almost like Miami. Almost. <laughs> but So here's the thing with Matt Breida. I think it's twofold. One, he's in an offense that likes to run the ball with a coach that has produced with undersized running backs, which is what he is. And he's also in a situation where I can see any of those running backs getting hurt. And if that happens, obviously that makes him have a a larger role. He's not going to be the workhorse, but he will have a larger role. And then on top of that, this is his contract year. So if he, you know, continues to show what he's doing and he doesn't get that starting job, it's possible that another team goes and picks him up as their starter. So in Dynasty, if you can maybe try to make him a trade target and get him now, um, I think that's a smart move because right now with Coleman coming back and doing pretty well, people might think, okay, he had a good week. I'm going to sell him high. Well, they may be selling him high for what they think, but next year it might actually be worth what you paid if he goes to a team that really wants him to be their guy like we saw Tevin Coleman do this year to the 49ers. So that's why I have Matt Breida trending up. Well, and to your point, I don't think the question ever was Matt Breida's talent. It was more or less, can he stay on the football field? Right. So I think now that we're seeing that, he's, he's unquestionably talented. Just watch him play. So yeah. now that he's consistently healthy, I think we definitely get to see his value. And as we say that, let's uh, <laughs> yeah, knock on the table and make sure. <laughs> we'll let Tim pick him up, yeah. and then he'll be on the sideline. <laughs> Okay, so um, on to mine, it's actually a collection of players, but I'm going to go with Seattle's offense Um, outside of DK Metcalf. uh, He's a great option. He's definitely having a great rookie year, but he's outside of the guys that I chose to talk about. So I chose their other core four. I'll make them up. 
uh, Chris Carson, uh, Tyler Lockett, Disley, and Russell Wilson, obviously. So in the last three games, Chris Carson is averaging 13.5 points. Tyler Lockett's at 15.5. Disley's at 13.5. And, and Russ is at 33.2. So they just I, it's one of those things to where you know, it's almost an eye test type thing where you see their offense has almost evolved. You watch the first two games, they just kind of look ho-hum. But then over the last three games, you just see their offense almost evolve. So I just definitely think that we're going to continue to see that move forward uh, with Seattle. Well, I think we're at the point with Seattle that we've seen it long enough. Efficiency metrics just don't matter there. They're going to continue to produce, even if all the analytics say they're way over efficient and stuff like that. They're producing, and they've done it for the past two or three years, so it's just going to continue to happen. That's just, I guess, Russell Wilson and that game plan allows for that efficiency. I agree. Very well. Okay, let's move on to the uh, next part of this segment, uh, the trending down. Adam, won't you keep us going? Yeah, so I'm going to do something similar that I did the last segment. I'm going to stick with the culmination of guys, and this is more of a question mark than anything, but it's Kansas City's wide receivers. So Sammy Watkins, Nicole Hardman, and Demarcus Robinson. Obviously, can't even remember his last name, Mr. Pringle himself. Byron. Or his first name, I'm sorry. Byron. Yeah. Yes. Um, so I just think with Tyreek coming back, I'm more um, pessimistic as to what these guys' role is going to be and how they're going to use them moving forward. So that's why I chose them as my trending down because I just, I'm not sure... You know, and you can speak as the Sammy Watkins owner. I'm not sure that moving forward, how much confidence you have to start these guys every single week now. Yeah. I mean, I know we've mentioned in the past how plug and play these guys are with that offense, but I'm just curious to see how they use Kelsey and how they use Tyreek moving forward now that they can't double Kelsey, obviously, every single play. Yeah. Well, and really the problem is going to be one of them is going to have a good game. Right. So you're playing roulette on, I hope this week it's going to be this guy. Because otherwise, you just, I, I think Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey are going to be solid contributors. And the rest of them, it's going to be a week-to-week thing. Right. And it's felt like that anyway. I just think it's going to be even yeah. more so now. It has, and they've struggled a little bit too. So They have. I mean, even without Tyreek, they've not done a whole lot. You know, from a receiving standpoint, yeah. the last two weeks. So. Well, it seems we've been talking about this in the office. It seems like they're just out of sync with Mahomes. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's Mahomes. I don't know if it's the receivers, but things just aren't as smooth as they seem to be when Tyreek is out there. Right. Yeah, I'm excited to have him come back as the uh, Mahomes owner. Yeah. <laughs> and Adam as the uh, Tyreek. Owner. Absolutely, <laughs> it really hurts when you lose yeah. him. <laughs> Okay, uh, my trending down player is Terry McLaurin. Um, I know he's been injured a little bit, and I hate to keep picking on Washington Redskins players, but you know, with the coaching change and the new philosophy of more of a running team, I think we're going to see a drastic reduction in wide receiver targets. Now, if I'm the if I'm the own, dynasty owner, I'm probably not going to get rid of him because things can always change, and he's very talented. Um, and he could still bust some big plays. I mean, it's not like he's going to do nothing, but I w- it probably going to be more of a matchup dependent instead of just really good because Jay Gruden had Case Keenum out there firing the ball all around the field. And so if we don't see that happen, um, you know, temp- like you use the phrase, temper your expectations because that's, that's what you're going to need to do. Um, you know, we may not – it may be different than what we what we're believing right now. I mean, they're saying run first, but let's wait and see. But you know, before you just like pull the trigger and try to get rid of him or trade him or something. But 
Anyway, I just see him trending down. Well, and you can only run until you're down 21 points, and then you have to start throwing the ball. So well, at some point, that's going to happen to them. Yes, but we've seen teams not do that. So yeah, and, and, and not be successful if they even tried. So yeah, yeah I guess it depends. Are they uh, are they now in the Miami tanking mode, or are they actually right. going to try to win? Maybe they fired Jay Gruden to make sure they went to yeah. 0 and 16. Maybe this year. so. Uh, one note on Terry McLaurin, I actually saw this week. He has had the best. Um, fantasy output of any wide receiver against the Patriots really? which is pretty impressive yeah. considering all he went through last week with the quarterback play and all mm-hmm. that so mm-hmm. as you've said the talent is there yes um yeah. it's just the opportunity right okay I'll go with my uh training down player I have Odell Beckham Jr. here but really it's any Browns player not named Nick Chubb um with that offensive line Baker just doesn't have time and because of that, he's starting to get the happy feet, and he's running around way before he needs to, and he's become inaccurate, and he's, I think he's gotten to his own head a little bit. Um, I wasn't a huge OBJ fan coming into this year just because what we've seen from Baker is he spreads the ball around, and if he continues to do what he's doing, he's spreading the ball around basically to different fields areas, but not hitting a receiver. And even if he gets better, which I, I think he will get better as the year goes on, I don't think OBJ is one of those top five receivers like everyone expected him to be this year. He's just too volatile for me, so I, I have him trending down. Well, I don't blame you. I mean, I, w- I would, and I agree. And I'm not sure that I wouldn't put Chubb on that list. Um, as the Chubb owner in our league of record, you know, this past week he only had 10 points. Yeah. Now, he, he did have that great game. Last week before, against where Baltimore, had, where he had three so. touchdowns, um, but I don't see that as being a common thing. Uh, his they they opened up some good holes for him that week, but most of the time, when you talk about the offensive line, they're handing him the ball and he's getting tackled before he gets to the line of scrimmage. Yeah. So, if that continues, I you know uh, if they don't fix the problems on the front line, I just don't see him doing very well either. But he's still. Um, top five right now in yards. So Chubb, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and and I just want to say one tidbit. I don't, I don't want to feel like I'm defending Baker or the team, but Homer, yeah, exactly. But I almost feel like at least an equal amount of blame needs to be laid at the feet of Freddie Kitchens and the offensive coordinator. If you understand that your offensive line sucks, then you need to get the ball out of the quarterback's hand, and that's one thing I really do think they're going to change. When you've got a guy like OBJ who can take a slant for 80 yards across the field and you're running him on deep 15-yard long developing plays, you yep. know, I don't understand that. And I think you right. even hear the commentators talking, you know, on on the night games or whatever during the game saying, I don't understand why they're not getting the ball out of his hands. So I definitely agree. But I think a lot of the blame needs to be laid at the offensive coordinator. Yeah, feet, and so. I will say I'm a huge Todd Munkin fan, and he is technically the offensive coordinator there. So if they ever do, like, if... Freddie Kitchens basically gets to the point where it's either you change something or you're fired, and he relinquishes it to um, Todd Munkin. I can see this team taking a huge step forward pretty quickly. So that's something to monitor for sure. Interesting. Okay, let's move on uh, to the next segment, trade targets. So um, Eric, why don't you get us kicked off on trade targets? Yeah, so I've got three trade targets. Uh, One of them is pretty obvious. It's DeAndre Hopkins. If you can get a deal where you pair a few pretty good players to trade up for that one great player. Um, he's had three weeks now that people are probably dissatisfied with, even though he's been okay. 
Um, if you can package, I don't know, like a mid-tier wide receiver and a mid-tier running back and get that DeAndre Hopkins guy, you go out there and get him because he he's going to turn it around. He's only been good his entire career with much worse uh, quarterback play. So his time is coming. I think it's it now is probably the lowest you'll be able to buy him all year. So go grab him. Um, next up on the list is Kyler Murray. He is right now, depending on your league settings, the number eight to number 12 quarterback on the year. And he has a 2% touchdown rate, meaning 2% of his throws are converted into touchdowns. The league average is four. And we got in a long argument of whether you regress to the mean or progress to the mean, depending on if you're below or above. We don't think there's such thing as progress to the mean. No. We think you regress to the mean, it's even regress. if it's going it is. forward. So... If he regresses to the mean of 4%. I still don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> if he does that, he'll be a number five or better quarterback. And he's young. I mean, this is his first year with a bad offensive line. You've got to expect they're going to do better next year. And that's probably where their draft is going to go. Um, and they're going to have a high draft pick, so they should get some good players. So if you can go and grab him on the cheap right now, do that. I think the correct way to say that would be he would progress by regressing to the mean. Okay. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> and then my last uh, trade target here is Philip Lindsay. Um, I don't think a lot of people realize quite how good of a year he's had so far. I know he's had some blow-up games and then some mediocre games, but I'll take a mediocre game if I can get that blow-up game every now and then. Um, he's the number 14 running back so far in certain leagues, and he's higher in other leagues. And he's pretty much in a 50-50 timeshare with Royce Freeman. Um, it's not going to get worse than that. If anything, it will get better. Well, he'll he'll start to get more touches than Royce Freeman, depending on um, their output. And now that the Brown, the Broncos have not been playing so well, maybe they try to change something. And I see that going towards Lindsey and away from Freeman because he's the more explosive back. Um, so if, if if you can get the number fourteen running back who has maybe a higher upside for not much in return, I don't think a lot of people are high on Philip Lindsey right now. Go and do it. And just kind of to, to get the point home, here's a list of players who he is currently above. Todd Gurley, Marlon Mack, James Conner, Le'Veon Bell, Sony Michelle, Carrion Johnson, and David Montgomery. He's higher ranked than all of those guys. On a points, like points per game? or uh, Total. Oh, okay. Total points on the year. So <clears throat> if you have, you know, those names I 100% Man, don't Mac think. surprises me. Yeah, I don't think any of these people would trade for Philip Lindsay, but that tells you how good Philip Lindsay actually is. If you can go and trade a you know, a middling wide receiver or sorry, running back two or three and get that running back one, I would say go and do it. And on top of that, he's young. You know, this is his second year. That team is probably going to get better as their quarterback play improves, hopefully. And so I think he has a bright future. Okay, yeah, so I'll pick up with a guy we actually mentioned earlier. You had asked me about who on the Giants I would feel comfortable even playing, and I'll go with Darius Slayton. So he's only played, it's, obviously this is for deeper leagues, and in your dynasty leagues he may or may not be available, but I definitely see him right now as a flex option with maybe a wide receiver one or two type capability. So he had his first breakout game last week, four or five for 62 yards and a touchdown against Minnesota, but I just... It's more of one of those things to where you just watch that offense with Daniel Jones and it looks completely different. You just it's have, amazing. You just have so much more confidence. And obviously they've got maybe the best running back in football. They're going to move the football as soon as he gets back. And I just feel like the opportunity for Darius Slayton is going to be there. And a lot of people don't really know about him right now. He's a rookie. So yeah. definitely go out there and get him if you can. Get him off your waiver wire if he's available. 
Excellent. Okay. Let's move on to our new segment. This is called Freaking Out. So these are players that we've chosen because uh, you might be freaking out over them or you might believe that, you know, they're 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 really trending down or they're just not doing what they should be doing. And we're going to deep dive into these a little bit more than maybe we are just our trending up and down segment. So uh, we're going to start with uh, Mike Evans. So who had Mike Evans? Well, I think we're all going to talk about him. Let's start yeah. with why people may be freaking out yeah. about Mike Evans. Chris Godwin is the wide receiver <laughs> one in fantasy, and he was supposed to be the wide receiver one on his team. So mm-hmm. obviously Mike Evans has been drafted to be, you know, I think he was probably around the eighth or tenth wide receiver taken off the board. Everyone expected a lot from him, and he's had a few games where he's done pretty well, but he's also had two games now where he had zero points. Mm-hmm. So Mike Evans at this point, people are starting to freak out for lack of a better term because they don't know what to do with him. So Adam, where are you at on Mike Evans? Well, so there's, I saw that I was pulling up this report because it says that they were asking Jameis Winston about, and he said, it's going to be a collective effort for them to get him the ball. And I just think with that offense, there's so many weapons that I'll answer the question directly. You are absolutely not moving Mike Evans. I think he's a very—he's an awesome uh, trade target. If you're going to go after somebody, I almost chose him for that. So obviously, Chris Godwin, I know we've talked about this lots of times, and Mike Evans even mentioned that, but they ask him as far as like talent-wise or the way the depth chart works, you know, what he thought of Chris Godwin. He basically said, well, Chris Godwin could be the wide receiver one. You know, their talent is almost equal. So I really just think it's a matter of volume. And I think we're definitely going to see it. Well, where I stand on this, Mike Evans is really the only other option for that team. O.J. Howard has done nothing. We talked about their running backs who, although they aren't awful, they definitely aren't great. So who is Jameis Winston going to throw the ball to? It's Chris Godwin, obviously, and it's Mike Evans. Right. So far, Mike Evans has had a few disappointing weeks. But that's going to progress to regress to the mean. Is that how we <laughs> yes. came away with that? Yeah. He's so, going to see progression. There we go. Through <laughs> regression to the mean, right? Well, you know, Mike Evans has been around for, what, five years or so. And um, he's had Josh McCown, Mike Glennon, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Jameis Winston as quarterbacks. He's never had a, a season below 1,000 yards receiving. In 2015 and 2016, when he, when he had uh, only Jameis Winston as his quarterback, he had a combined 2,527 yards on 170 receptions and 15 touchdowns. So we know he's great. We know he can be great. And I think it just comes down to not just matchups, but like inside the game matchup. And, and you know, he had Lattimore on him this last week, right, yeah. who's, who's a great shutdown corner. So if – Godwin continues to step up, right, and have these monster games, then teams are going to have to pick which one am I going to cover. And they might try to take one completely out, yeah. and that could be Godwin next week. We, You know, you just don't know. The hard part is, is how many zeros or ones do you take before you get so frustrated you don't want to play him? So I think that's the biggest freaking out part is, the inconsistency that we're seeing right now. Now, again, this is the first year in this offense for all these guys. So we don't know if, if they continue to uh, 
get better developing inside this offense. Maybe we'll see a little bit more even production. And if Godwin continues to show that he is also the number one, then maybe we see teams where they can't take one, even one of them out. Right. Right. Because that it's, they're going to get beat by the other guy too much, too bad. So I don't know, you know, I'm I'm with Adam. You're not going to get rid of him. Yeah, you're not. You're going to hold on to him. If there's somebody out there that just loves him and you want to trade him and you can still get good value for him, I would. But I wouldn't give him up for nothing. Yep, I I agree. I think you can try to go grab him and he'll pay off at the end of the year. Eric, won't you introduce our second player? All right, so our second guy is Stephon Diggs. Um, obviously, there's been a lot of turmoil with this offense. Um, now it's even been public where Thielen came out and said, basically, it doesn't matter if you have the best running back in the league, you have to throw the ball to win. So they did that to Thielen. Diggs is still kind of sitting back there with you know nothing to show for it. So I, I saw him catch one. Yeah, I think he, he may have had one catch. <laughs> I mean, you know, you a lot of people didn't know if it was Diggs or Thielen was the one on this team, similar to the last mm-hmm. team, um, but... Where where are we at with Diggs? I mean, I think that Diggs is one of, if not the best route runners in the NFL, and he just happens to be tied to a really bad quarterback. Um, he's obviously voiced his um, displeasure yeah. with his team. Frustration. It didn't yeah. have the same outcome as when Adam Thielen did it, and I don't know if that's due to tenure or, you know, I'm, I'm not sure the whole circumstance there. But for me, I'm a firm believer in Stephon Diggs' talent, so where does that put us in the dynasty landscape? I mean... I don't think it's a positive thing um, on a deeper level than football that just kind of the way he's reacted to the whole process. I mean, so Kirk Cousins completes, what, 80% of his passes last week and three of them are to Stephon Diggs. So, you know, as far as production goes, I think it's going to be there. As far as talent goes, he's got it. But I think it's deeper than that at this point. I mean, if I'm the Stephon Diggs owner and I don't own him in any leagues, my hope is that he gets traded. I mean, yeah. I'm I'm trying to basically if I have him I'm trying to trade him away for what his name value is and and the problem is his value is almost so low because of his production this year that your hands are really tied so I don't have much confidence in um, basically his ability to produce like on the offense that they have now it seems like they've got the system that they like that's working so I I'm not gonna say I'm moving on from him you want to get a competent um, some competent value out of him, but I just don't have much confidence in him as far as consistent production goes. So I want to put you guys on the spot. What is a good value? I know this is hard to, to come up with just off the top of your head, but let's say you have you you have Stephon Diggs and someone offers you Philip Lindsay. Do you take it? Absolutely. Okay. So let's move a little bit further down the ranks. Let's say someone offers you Tevin Coleman for Stephon Diggs. And I know we're crossing uh, positional situations here but well i think that becomes rostered and team dependent i think if you in you're like in my position this week where i'm scrounging around trying to find a running back to play uh i would probably do it because i've loaded at wide receiver so i think that's where that falls but if you were if it was just even um i'm i'm not sure on that one other than because they run the ball so much in san francisco Okay. If I just wanted the production now, I might go for it, but I don't think you're. I don't think you're trading up. Okay, so let's throw some wide receivers out there then. Cortland Sutton or Stephon Diggs. Cortland Sutton. Yeah, definitely right now. Terry McLaurin. I like him. I know I didn't. We he talked about the trending down, but I like Terry. I think 
I think he's going to be in a even even with a run first offense like I talked about. I think he's still going to get some big plays. He's just not going to do what he was doing. I think as consistent. So I think that he's um, in a better situation than than Diggs. Okay. And just for the record, I'll take Cortland Sutton over Diggs, but I'll take probably Diggs over Terry McLaurin. I I just believe in his talent. I've seen time and time again where he's wide open and Kirk Cousins doesn't see him. So obviously, like you said, you're hoping for the trade or you're hoping that something happens there. I I just, Minnesota scares me because they want to run the ball. They fired, we've talked about this many times, they fired their offensive coordinator because they didn't run the ball enough. And I think the only reason they're throwing the ball right now is to appease, you know, the, the wide receivers that are, you know, crying because they can't get the ball enough. And I think if they continue to win and they don't have to throw it to them as much, I think we're just going to see it trend back down to, you know, 80% run. Yeah. So, I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's the exactly. problem. That's what I'm saying. I think the question is, <laughs> is it broke? Scares because they're, they're what I think they're three and two now at this point in the season. Is that right? Yes. So, I mean, I wouldn't say that's broke necessarily, but it also isn't necessarily working. Well, it's not great, that's for sure. But, again, I don't think that's going to speak to they're just going to be a balanced offense right now. Yeah. I think they're still going to try to run the ball. So, that's the only thing that scares me about it. I don't disagree. I think he's very talented. Yeah. If he was on another team, if if we could put him on Kansas City or some some place like that where he could Yeah. have a quarterback that gets him the ball, it would be an awesome show. Right. Well, and just one more tiny thing to throw out there. Stefan Diggs has had a lot of soft tissue injuries and those continue probably for the rest of his career. So, that's another kind of right against him well and the one thing the one thing that really sticks in my craw about it is he's he's a sexy play but you just don't start him with confidence ever it's one of those things to where if you feel like you know you're you're up against a maybe a tough opponent and you're like okay i know dig ceiling is high he can get me a ton of points you play him yeah but if you need something with a high floor <laughs> stefan Diggs is just probably not not this year at least he hasn't showed that that he's going to get that for well him. and usually he's only coming in on a bi-week replacement because his, his consistency is not up there right, right. now. Well, you right? know who he reminds me of? Brandon Cooks. Yeah. He's a great wide receiver that every year ends up being a top 12. I don't think it's going to happen this year, but in the past, he's always been a top 12 guy. But you have these games where you feel like you can't trust him, and then he burns you because you don't play him, and he scores 20 points, and then you do play him, and he doesn't score 20 right. points. So. That's what I mean, because you plug him in on the bye week, hoping yeah. that he'll prop your team up, and then he burns you. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, well, let's move on to the next guy. Uh, it's Sammy Watkins. Tim, do you want to kick us off on where we're yeah, at? Yeah, well, so, you know, so Sammy, I've got him in our league of record. Uh, he's, you know, 26 years old, six year in the NFL. He has 14 recorded injuries since 2014. Yikes. Um, you know, he's only had 1,000 yard season, and that was back in 2015 when he played for the Buffalo Bills. He had nine touchdowns. He's in a very powerful offense with lots of upside. But he's had one big game this year, and I don't think all combined for the rest of the games he's even come close to matching that yardage and touchdowns. In fact, I know he hasn't. So, and now he's now he's hurt again. You know. So, I mean, what do you do? What do you guys think you do? I mean, I don't. 
I, I have ideas of what I'd like to do, but I don't think his value right now is high enough to get what I'd want for it. So do you keep him? Do you trade him? What do you think? Okay, I'll go. Um, I think right now is the worst time to trade him because, as you said, he had this huge week in week one, then he's done nothing for the next few weeks, and he's hurt. So, yes, I think you have to hold on to him right now, and you have to suffer through his injury, and hopefully it's a short one, and then you wait for that big blow-up week, and then you get rid of him as soon as you can, in my opinion. Right. Well, because this what's going on right now epitomizes Sammy Watkins yeah. in his career. I know mm-hmm. we talked about this earlier today, but he has a few breakout games, he looks awesome, people get excited about him, then he gets an injury. And not only is that injury you know, something that happens during a game, but it is a season-long thing that Sammy Watkins is on the injury report. And unlike players like Julio Jones and Mark Andrews who show up and play, right, Sammy Watkins shows up and plays one play, one play. just yeah. exactly like yeah. he did <laughs> last week. And right. he, it epitomizes his career. So I definitely agree with you. Yeah, so you play him and then he gets you nothing. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, because you've got the confidence, his ceiling's high, especially now that he's in Kansas City right. on a competent offense. But like Tim learned last week, you play him and then he does you dirty. So right. I just, yeah, I definitely agree with you, Eric. Well, and speaking to the dynasty side, Sammy Watkins is owed some astronomical amount of money next year. So I don't think he remains on the Chiefs. So that's another negative. It's not going to get better. It's only going to get worse from that team. So for me, if you can get rid of him. For anything of value, you do it. Okay. All right. I think we all agree on that one. All right. So let's move on to uh, the last segment. This is the good, the bad, and the ugly. These are players that we feel like uh, the good players are players that we're projecting to have a, a really good week this week. You know, better than usual. The bad is players that uh, will have worse week than they normally do. And ugly players are players that you probably don't want to start but should because they're probably going to have a decent week. So, Adam, why don't you get us kicked off on the good? All right, you touched on this guy earlier, and it's it's almost like I shouldn't... It's almost like on the NFL app how they you know, they write the starts and sits and the start and sit advice, and it's like, this guy is never included because he's an <laughs> always a must-start. But this year, he just has not been, so far, what he was in the, ta- in the past, and he's been a very underwhelming player for where you drafted him. So it's DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, I thought you were talking about Sammy Watkins. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) So, yeah, I just think he's averaging 12 points per game um, this year, but roughly half of those, I think, yeah, ish, came in week one against New Orleans. So he's playing Kansas City this week, very plus matchup. So I think he definitely gets on back on track. 100 plus yards and a touchdown this week. I think that's the lead, that's the minimum of what you can expect from him. I I think it seems like in his career or in the past at least, once he gets going, he gets going. Yeah. It takes him that one big week and I think he had 8 or 9 100 plus yard receiving games last year. So, it's definitely we're going to expect this from DeAndre. He's going to progress and regress to yes. what you're saying. <laughs> Only progression. <laughs> okay, uh, mine is Mark Ingram. Of course, running back for the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens host the winless Bengals. So uh, this is a divisional matchup. So they might play them a little tougher than usual. But the Bengals gave up a lot of rushing and passing yards to running backs this year. Um, I know that Ingram's not a huge pass catching back. But he has he does catch a few. So if they decide to utilize him that way, uh, the Bengals, like I said, have given up a lot of receiving yards to uh, uh, pass catching running backs. And... The Ravens are coming off a bye after they lost to the Cleveland Browns. So 
I think they're going to be a little upset anyway, so we could see a heavy dose of the running game. So I'm projecting him to have a good game. All right, and I will move on to my good player for this week, and it's DJ Moore. Um, it could actually be DJ Moore or Curtis Samuel. I just have DJ Moore in a league, so I hope it's him. <laughs> um, so the, the Panthers are playing the Bucks this week, and they've basically allowed receivers to go crazy all year. If your receivers are playing the Bucks, they've had a good week for the most part. Um, they've actually already played once this week or once this year in week two, and Moore had nine receptions for 89 yards, and that was with an injured Cam Newton basically throwing ducks in the air and DJ Moore picking them out and doing something with it. Um, so now you have Kyle Allen, and Kyle Allen and DJ Moore have, they kind of had a rocky start, but they've kind of got this chemistry going mm-hmm. lately. And with those, you know, shorter dump-off passes, DJ Moore has a lot of talent. He can break those, similar to Golden Tate. He's a yard-after-the-catch guy, so I see him having a good week this week. Great. Okay. Well, let's move on to the middle part of this segment called The Bad. Adam, who do you have for The Bad this week? Okay, and to tie into what you actually just said, how great the receivers are against Tampa Bay, running backs are the complete opposite. And I know this is going to be very unpopular with most people, but I think Christian McCaffrey, you definitely temper expectations for him this week. I'm not going to say that he's going to have a bad week. I'm not going to say he's going to repeat his seven-point week that he had in week two against them. But I definitely think with the with the injury that he's got, the, he was cramping up during the game. He's just got a bunch of different bumps and bruises going on. The long flight, the early game, playing a divisional opponent, I just think that you definitely are probably not going to expect the 29 points that he's been averaging per game. I see him more around the 12 or 15. So I just think you definitely temper expectations. Tampa Bay is ranked third against the run, so or third against opposing running backs. Another thing that we haven't really brought up about this game that I would be interested to know is I wonder what the atmosphere in London is like. I can't imagine it's a normal game atmosphere because you don't really have a home team and an away team. People are just there to watch the game. So I wonder if that that energy or lack of energy hurts their production because it sure seems like those are sluggish games most of the time. I feel like the jet lag may hurt them worse. You know, just the time change in general, I feel like is just a draining thing. But I definitely agree. We don't know how the atmosphere is there. (laughs) Yeah, I've never been to a game there. I went to European NFL in Germany. Uh, back when it was a thing and Interesting. it was definitely different yeah uh, they kind of cheer different and root a little different so I haven't really paid attention to that on the London games we have to do that this yeah. this week and see I I do remember hearing them cheer though um, last week when we were watching the Raiders play so uh, but you know like you said there's not even though there's a home team officially yeah. there's not really it's got to be a weird so, energy it's, yeah. it's got to just be a different experience for it would them. yeah i can see that okay so my bad player this week is dj chark i love dj chark but he is up against the new orleans saints this week and he's probably going to be matched up with marshawn Lattimore, who we know shut down mike evans last week with zero catches so uh you know chark could have he could have a really tough day Uh, He could still maybe, you know, uh, bust a a long play or two if he gets maybe matched up on someone else or, you know, gets lucky and squeezes away for one. So I'm not going to say he's going to have zero points. I really don't think that. And it wouldn't really shock me if he broke one big play for, you know, 60 yards and a touchdown. But I just don't think I wouldn't bet on it. You know, I'm I'm thinking that he's probably going to have more in the six or seven point range. So. 
Okay, and my bad player this week is not quite as controversial as Adam's, but it's pretty close. It's Dalvin Cook. Um, and as Adam was saying, I'm not saying he's going to be the worst play this week. Obviously, you're playing him if you have him, but he's going to disappoint owners that have grown accustomed to those 25-point weeks. They're playing the Eagles, and the Eagles have not given up more than 46 yards all year to the opposing team's leading rusher. And, you know, when you hear that, you think, okay, well, maybe they played some not-so-good running backs. They played Aaron Jones, on Johnson, Devonta Freeman, and Lev Bell. Those are all pretty solid running backs. So um, I'm not saying that Dalvin Cook's going to have a bad week because I think he might gain a lot through the air, but I don't think he's going to have that week that you're used to. I think it might be a 10- or 12-point week as opposed to that 25-point, you know, huge explosion that you like. Okay. All right. Uh, the last part of this segment, this is the ugly. Again, these are players that you feel like, um, you know, might not look great on your roster. You're not maybe really excited to play them, but we feel like they're going to be productive this week. So, Adam, why don't you kick us off on this one, too? Yeah, I'll start it. So, this player actually plays on a very ugly team as well. So The it's ugliest the, team. <laughs> he's t- they're tied. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, one of the ugliest. <laughs> they're technically not, right? Because Washington has one well, more I'm saying loss, Miami so. Blue is awful. Oh, okay. <laughs> I see. Well, I think the, Bengal, the Bengals are 0-5, oh, okay. too. Okay. Right? So, <laughs> so yeah. they're fighting for it. Yeah. <laughs> they're fighting for the bottom heart. So. But my guy's Preston Williams. So he plays Washington this week. They're 29th against opposing wide receivers. And he hasn't had a huge week yet, but he seems to be consistently around that eight, nine point area. And I kind of just was looking into their schedule and they've played a really tough schedule against wide receivers. So they played, which to be honest, surprisingly, Baltimore is ranked 23rd against opposing wide receivers. That kind of shocks me. And then they played New England, Dallas, and and the Chargers, who are 1, 5, and 10 against opposing wide receivers. So I think you definitely, you get his first really plus matchup in that offense with Josh Rose, and I think you can expect something around maybe 80 yards and a touchdown. I know that's kind of wishful thinking, hoping, projecting, but I could definitely see something in that range. Well, and on top of that, another one of their receivers was out, I think, with the concussion. Is that correct? Keem Grant? Yeah. So that could help as well. Yeah. Okay, so mine is D.D. Westbrook. He hasn't been doing a whole lot lately, but uh, like we talked about in the in the bad section with D.J. Chart uh, and what happened last week with, uh, you know, Godwin having a really good week while Mike Evans is struggling, I think we could see kind of the same thing here. Uh, you know, he's Didi's only had two games with over 10 fantasy points so far. And, you know, Gardner Minshew's kind of built a better rapport with, with uh, DJ Chark. But uh, if Chark's not getting open, Minshew's going to have to throw it somewhere. So I just believe that they're probably going to even maybe try to get it to Westbrook more this week. So I think you could play him with confidence. I think he'll have a, a really good week. All right. And I will go with my ugly player this week. It's Teddy Bridgewater. Um, he's playing Jacksonville, which when I hear Jacksonville, I instantly think I don't want to play my quarterback against that defense. But in the past two uh, weeks, they've allowed 34 and 26 points. This is NFL points, not fantasy points. But that's to the Panthers and the Broncos, and neither of those are great offenses. I would say that New Orleans is the much better offense of those three. So he's kind of gained some confidence in this offense. He's um, They've won every game that he's played so far, and uh, well, that he started. And he has two of the best weapons in the NFL in Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas. So I'm not saying he's going to explode, but he's going to get you a pretty good baseline if you're struggling with uh, not having a starting quarterback. And I think, is it now 11 of the 32 starters are already out this year? 
It's some Something huge like number. It's really, like basically a third yeah. of the starting quarterbacks are out this year. Well, and he, you know, he looked, he looked, he had what four touchdowns I think last week. Yeah. So he's he's getting more comfortable in the offense, and I think he's progressing quite well. So yeah, yeah I agree with you. I think, uh, you know, he might be one that um, if Breeze drug his feet coming back, you could maybe play him till Breeze returns. Yeah. So. Well, there's a reason they paid him so much money to be a backup quarterback. Yeah. So, right. I mean, they yeah. definitely felt confidence. And I felt like last week, from what we saw, it was the first time they opened up the playbook for yeah. him. So yeah. I definitely see that. Okay. Well, that's our show for you today. Dynasty guys, any last comments? No. Have a good week. Hopefully everything goes your way. Yeah, good yeah. luck, guys. Make good trades. Okay. Well, that's a wrap. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. We'd love to hear from you. Please send us an email at dynastyguysff at gmail.com. That's dynastyguysff at gmail.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at dynastyguysff. Thanks again for listening. Please join us on our next podcast. See ya. Appreciate it.